0: You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help you overcome your confidence blockers so you can embrace your true self and show up bravely in your life. This is a space to find insight, encouragement, and support so you can be you bravely. With that, let's go to the show. Welcome to episode 81 of the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Oh, it has been such an incredible week. The show hit 10,000 downloads. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. 10,000 downloads. That means that this show is growing and that people are experiencing it and hearing it. And I'm just so thankful for all of you that Have subscribed, that have tuned in, that have reviewed the show on iTunes, that have told other people about the show. Guys, we're making a difference. We're doing this thing. I'm so excited. It is like a dream come true. And I'm just thrilled to be here with you and to be partnering in this journey where we're all working toward living life the way we want, not the way we should. And I'm just so thankful for that. So super pumped. Quick announcement. This Sunday, the 14th of July at 5 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be doing a free webinar. And this is going to be so much fun because I'm going to be talking about how to stop shooting on yourself. So if you haven't grabbed my free guide, head over to CaptivatinglyConfident.com. Grab that guide because we're going to be talking through it. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more in-depth about how the shoulds are really the, the key to having a life that you want, to getting the body that you want, to finding the happiness that you want, the success that you want, all of that is dependent upon the shoulds. So we're going to be talking about that. There's going to be a live Q&A at the end. So make sure that you put that in your calendars. You need to register for this. So head over to captivatinglyconfident.com backslash webinar and sign up so that that way, even if you can't make it live or you have to leave, you get access to the replay because there's going to be some really exciting announcements during the webinar. And I'm really excited about it. So make sure that you do that. So for today's episode, episode 81, can you believe it? I have the opportunity to speak with Jen Maleka and she supports busy health-minded professionals in taking back control of their health by giving them access to the right lab tests and resources so they can find the missing piece of their health puzzle. She uses a over a decade of personal training experience, hey training in functional diagnostic nutrition and transformational coaching, she creates personalized health rebuilding programs for clients that are realistic and sustainable for long-lasting results. And if you are ready to look at the big picture of your health, and not just one disconnected piece at a time, to embrace healthy as a way of being and stop settling, then Jen is your girl. So join us as we have a great conversation about functional lab testing (laughs) and how to really take your health to the next level. Hey friends, welcome back to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. You are going to love her. Just trust me on this one. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be
1: here and chat it up with you.
0: Oh God, for reals. You are just so inspiring. Like you need to go look at a picture of Jen and check out her arms because hashtag arm goals. Wow. I love it. I love it. So Clearly, you know, just from talking with you and from checking out your amazing website, you are full of confidence, which is something that around here we're all striving for and all working on discovering what that looks like for us. But what is this process of stepping into confidence looks like for you?
1: Well, it's been a process, just as you said. Um, I feel like there's been ebbs and flows in my life where Um, I've been super confident in other times where I'm not. And today I'm sitting in a very confident place, which feels good. And it's funny that you asked that question because about a year ago, actually, it was about maybe two years ago at this point in time, I remember this very significant kind of moment that I had uh, during meditation where I was kind of tapping into this younger version of myself. Back when I was in elementary school and I was running for sixth grade like class president and I was I was getting ready to do like kind of a big program launch and I was trying to stir up like drum up this confidence you know to put this program out there and and go and help people and I was tapping into this like younger version of myself who had all the confidence in the world like that was what came through in this meditation like she was fearless And I had this just like image of me when I was in sixth grade running for class president. And I, our school mascot was a dolphin and I literally had like cardboard paper and I cut out probably like a hundred dolphins and wrote like vote for Jen on them and handed them out at school. And there was like, no doubt in my mind that I was going to win this, you know, (sighs) class president election. And I did. And It just made me reflect and go like, where did that go? It's so funny when we're mm. young, you know, you watch children all the time and there's this like fearlessness and this confidence, like when they're daredevils and they're just going out and like, nobody tells them like, they don't even know what the word can't is, right. you know, and we somehow that just gets like lost over. Over time, and, and there's been other times in my life where I've been able to regain it, and that's something that I've really like worked on a lot over the last couple of years. And I think that part of part of that has been um, just improving my health and feeling really good in my body, and also just kind of um, nurturing the relationship that I have with my body, which is a big part of the work that I do personally as well as with my clients, and. That's I think where our confidence like comes from the most. You know people will come to me and, and say that they want to lose weight or you know they have autoimmune issues or whatever it is that's going on. At the end of the day, when you really get down to like, well, why do you want to fix that, it always come back comes back to like restoring confidence, self-esteem, living your true you know their true life or being their truest self, and like really living life to the fullest because otherwise, if you don't feel like you're best, it's limiting and your confidence and all of that goes down, Mm. you know? And so I've been working a lot of my health personally, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about today at some point maybe. And um, I'm feeling really good right now. I'm in a really confident, feel good place. And it feels good to be talking to you and saying that.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I love that you can actually say, I feel confident and you know some days it kind of ebbs some days it flows because i fully believe that confidence is is more of a choice would mm-hmm. you agree with that
1: yeah and i think that's what we don't realize sometimes mm-hmm. is that in in anything is really a choice you know that we have every day we have a choice in how we want to live our lives and you can when you choose to live a confident life, then you know the things and you take action on the things that are going to support that. And when you choose to not live a confident life then you, you know, make other choices to support that, right? Like one of the um, things that I talk about sometimes is that your beliefs will dictate your experiences and then your experiences will confirm your beliefs. So in order to have a different experience in life, you really have to start working on changing what you're believing, and then you'll have a totally different experience.
0: Yes. So much of our actions comes from those beliefs and those thoughts about a particular situation. I've been learning so much about this from a gal who's actually in my network. Um, Her name is Selena, and she talks a lot about how our circumstances will directly affect our actions based on our thoughts and feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when we're having, you know, circumstances where things are inhibiting us, like our health, it can be so hard to feel confident. And I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your health journey and what that's looked like and how it's helped you to really step into this confident place.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a bumpy one along the way, you know, just like the confidence of like ebbs and flows. And like, I tell people, I'm like, look, life still is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it kind of um, started back in my early 20s. Um, When I got into college, I started having just, you know, kind of abnormal things for myself, like, seasonal allergies, it would wipe me out for days or weeks at a time. And I would get reoccurring ear infections. And I'd never had seasonal allergies before. And then looking back, like I can call it chronic fatigue. Now I didn't know what to call it. Then it just felt like I was just tired all the time, like exhausted Mm -hmm. and wiped out to, you know, those things just kind of got worse over time. And then when I was around 26, I was diagnosed with skin cancer and it was a very unique situation because I had no risk factors necessarily. Like there was no history of of skin cancer in my family or any cancers related to skin cancer. And I wasn't like a chronic tanner. you know somebody wasn't going to the beach and baking myself all day or using the tanning salons ridiculously. and here's the catch too. like I was a personal trainer, and so I worked in the health and wellness and you know, industry and I was eating, I was like the healthiest person that I knew, but my, you know, this cancer cropped up in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I really got into doing some of the functional diagnostic nutrition work that I do now, which uses functional lab tests to look at what's going on within the hormone, immune digestion, detoxification, energy, and nervous systems of the body. So looking at it from a functional physiological level, And found I had like a congested liver, I had high oxidative stress, which can lead to like cellular damage and and aging. It emphasizes the aging process. Hmm. I had, you know, like bacterial overgrowth going on in my gut, adrenal dysfunction. I mean, I was like a hot mess on the inside. And so it was like, no wonder why I had cancer. I was like cultivating this environment internally, even though I was like, doing all these things externally as a supposedly healthy person. And so I rebounded from that. I was able to implement changes in my lifestyle that just took my health to a whole new level, like cleared up my liver, reduced oxidative stress. And I was like coasting for a while. I mean, I remember turning 30 and feeling more amazing than I've ever felt in my life. Like I was the leanest I had ever been. I was getting married that year. It was all great. And then couple years after that, probably gosh, I'm trying to track the time. Like I'm thirty six now, so and I've been in remission with Hashimoto's for maybe like two years, I think at this point in time. Wow. Um, but there oh was gosh. this point, like essentially there was this point after I turned thirty where my health started to decline again and I had estrogen dominance, like all these hormonal things happening. Um it And we found that we had toxic mold in our home and that triggered Hashimoto's for me, which I have since like recovered from to like reversed it or I'm in remission, however you want to say that. And so that's why I said, like I started the conversation with like, look, life still happens, you know, even I think when you get in this place of like perfect health, something like toxic mold in your home is completely unpredictable, just like traffic, right? Like you never know what you're going to encounter down the road that can set you off kilter again. Um, But there, I think there's always possibility to recover from that, you know, and like, luckily the way that I like live my life now is very supportive to help my body recover from a, in a very quick way from that exposure essentially.
0: Wow. So when you talk about functional lab testing, how is that different than just going to your PCP or your general practitioner and getting them to do like a blood test?
1: Mm, I love that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually did a whole webinar. It's like on my website for anybody
1: that wants to learn more. Um, it's called Why Typical Blood Tests Don't Tell You Squat and What You Should Run Instead. So, um, and not that blood tests are completely like, you know, invaluable to us, they do provide a lot of great insights. And a lot of times they will correlate with some of the findings that I will see on a function on functional type of lab tests. So just as an example, let's take a look at hormone testing. And there's three different types of hormone testing that you can do. There's urine hormone tests, there's salivary hormone tests, and then there's blood um, hormone testing. What mm-hmm. blood-, blood testing from a hormone perspective, it will show you kind of the bound hormones the stuff that's already been used versus when you're looking at something like saliva or urine testing you're seeing the active and available hormone for the body to actually use at that point in time so that can be helpful right because you see like well how much like is available how much fuel how much gas do i have in the tank versus how much did i already burn essentially And when we do something like one of my favorite hormone tests to do is the Dutch test, which stands for dried urine, total comprehensive hormone test. And not only do we see the active hormone on there, but we also then get a picture of the hormone pathways, like what the estrogen metabolites look like, like how estrogen is flowing through the body. We get to see... Um, 24 hour free cortisol as well as um, metabolized cortisol. So on a saliva Mm -hmm. test, which can show us like some cortisol values and stuff, we're not seeing the same. We don't get as much information about cortisol on a saliva test. And so I really find the urine test to be the most insightful. Now, sometimes when I do run a urine uh, hormone test, it may point us back to doing a blood test because there are some values that you can only get from blood. Um, Hmm. Like you know, looking at thyroid, for example, you can't measure thyroid in saliva or urine, Right. or sometime based on like, if, you know, testosterone or estrogens do look really low on the urine test, we may want to go and look at like, what do they look like on a blood test? Like our, you just have really low active forms, but you have higher, you know, or normal values of the bound form, which kind of gives you the whole picture of what's going on, you know? Yeah. So yeah, the, so the functional lab testing, it really is looking at how is the body functioning in real time. Uh, Oftentimes blood testing is like a delayed response. So we're not seeing some of that real time action that's happening. And I tend to also run tests like a stool sample test to look at Intestinal health, so we can see are there parasites, bacteria, yeast overgrowth grow, that's going on in the gut. We can also look at inflammatory markers, toxicity markers, uh, pro, or fat digestion, immune system response, uh, gluten reactivity, all from like a stool sample test. And so wow. again, it just gives us this like bigger picture of what's going on with the intestinal health. Um, you can't really look at intestinal health from... blood test, you could do like a food sensitivity Mm -hmm. test is is blood based. And that gives you some insights about what's going on in the gut. But otherwise, like most PCPs, if they wanted to look at gut health, they would recommend that you go to get like, you know, a scope done. Um, Right. So and that's not comfortable. Like nobody wants to be doing that, getting... (laughs) Probed when no. they could just simply run a stool sample. They could take, collect from stool at home, and ship, put it in the mail, and two weeks later get some really good, you know, insights back. Basically,
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So it's really comprehensive versus, like you said, kind of passive. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. It's just really exciting to know that there's something like that that's accessible too. Especially if you're used to running everything through your primary care provider to have something that's so alternative. Hmm. Exactly. And that, you know, most of the people that,
1: that come to work with me are people that have gone through the traditional medical system and mm-hmm. they're just not getting the answers that they're looking for. You know, they may, and I was this person also. So the interesting thing is like when I would go to my PCP and get my annual physical done every year, you know, they're like, oh, your blood pressure, you know, your heart rate, your cholesterol, everything looks good. Like I looked perfect on paper, yet my body was a hot mess on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I didn't feel right. Like I felt uncomfortable in my own skin. It didn't feel like my, the body that I knew. And, and some of that was just dismissed, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I was looking for, well, how do I get back to just feeling like myself again? How do I get back to feeling like my best self, you know, so that I can live every day, you know, to the best of my ability, essentially.
0: Yeah. So when you, so when you do work with someone that's done this functional lab testing and kind of, you get the diagnosis, like what are the next steps that people take with you? Is it just straight to supplementation or do you work on nutrition? Like what does that process look like?
1: Yeah, well, what's interesting is we're actually not really diagnosing anything. Um, We are looking for healing opportunities. So where are there kind of imbalances that are going on with, you know, the testing that we do actually isn't, they're not really diagnostic tools necessarily to say, like, you have this, or you have that. Um, They're, again, like, you know, looking at like a sluggish liver, like that's not really a diagnosis necessarily, or having high, high oxidative stress. But those would be indicators that there's like a problem and the body's just not functioning as well as it could be. So what's cool though, is that we get all, collect all this like objective data. And then based on where the healing opportunities are kind of presenting themselves, then we can be way more strategic with recommendations for diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation, and toxin removal to help kind of remove anything that's like stressing the body out. And that way function can be restored and like balance can be restored. And then you kind of, you have this new knowledge that you can take with you of like, how do I support balance, like moving forward? So a great example of this is, you know, sometimes I've had people come to me, especially recently, the keto diet has been super popular, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. talking, About eating low carb, high fat or keto style diet. And I've had people come to me that they've tried it and it's not working for them. Everybody else is getting results with them. And so when we run some of the testing, well, we can see that they aren't digesting fat very well. So they're not able to utilize it for fuel as well as other people, or their cortisol is a rhythm is super dysfunctional or their thyroid is sluggish. And those kind of hormonal balanced states, a keto diet may not be the right approach for them right now. And so they actually maybe need a little bit more carbohydrates or proteins, and to be eating like three solid meals a day instead of intermittent fasting. So we will change can like alter their eating habits to fit what they need for right now. And then they can, once they've kind of healed and restored balance, their body could probably tolerate a keto diet better. And that was actually very true for me when I was healing the Hashimoto stuff, I could not tolerate fasting or um, like an extremely low carbohydrate diet. Once I got out of the Hashimoto state and like in remission, I was able to slowly implement more of a keto style, like lifestyle. And it works perfectly for me now, but it definitely didn't before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so, it's so cool just to hear you talk about how all of this works together. So for, for women that just feel like they're stuck, Mm -hmm. that they're just, they've tried all the diets they've tried, you know, maybe even seeing a naturopath and they just feel stuck. Like what, what encouragement can you offer to them or what advice would you offer? Yeah. Well,
1: the first thing I would say is that when a diet or a workout routine isn't working for you it may not be that it's the wrong diet or workout routine. There might be something going on underneath the hood. So that's where the metabolic process of what's going on inside the body is just kind of dysfunctional. Like I was explaining like with the keto diet and maybe that diet actually could work for you. But right now you've got some stuff going on internally that needs to be balanced out in order for your diet and exercise efforts to be efficient, right? And so- my words of encouragement for them, for anybody that's out there listening is just know that there is a solution for you somewhere. You know, I say that finding the right practitioner or right expert to work with is like dating, right? You have to like, kiss mm-hmm. a lot of <laughs> um, date a lot of people before you find the right match for you. And I think I can, that general rule of thumb can be applied anywhere in life. Like I say the same thing about meditation or yoga Cause I've had so many people they go and try one yoga class or one meditation, like I hate it. <laughs> I was like, well, there's actually a lot of different types out there, so many varieties. And same thing comes with your health practitioners, and also knowing that I, I'm a firm believer that you're gonna have what I call like a healthcare team. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have maybe a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a personal trainer, a functional health coach like myself, um, a therapist, you know, all on your team because there's no one person that knows everything or that can do all of the things for you. Um, so you're going to have a couple of different experts in these areas. Like I commonly will refer my clients to chiropractors, acupuncturists, personal trainers for some of like the physical modality work that they need to, you know, for their body to restore health or improve their strength or, you know, whatever it is that they're looking for. And so this, you know, that, that rule applies in like, that you can't, there's not just one person that's going to be able to help you help you necessarily, maybe. And I partner with naturopaths all the time. Um, the work that I do is very similar to a naturopath. Like I run a lot of the same lab testing. I just don't do the diagnosis piece or the prescriptions. Um, and oftentimes, like, I think where people get, um stuck when it comes to working with naturopaths is that there's a lull in between their appointments so you go to the doctor the naturopath they might give you some really great recommendations and then they say see you later in three months and now most people walking out of their office feel overwhelmed about what it is that they're supposed to do they don't know where to start they're like just really lacking guidance and support and that's where some of the health coaching work that i do kind of steps in because i meet with my clients every two weeks. So, you know, you have to recognize how much support and accountability and guidance you need sometimes in order to be successful. Like one of the questions that I'll post to my clients in our work, sometimes when they set a goal to do something, I'll say, okay, well, what resources or support do you need in order to make that possible?
0: Mm, I love that.
1: You know, and that could be anything. Like I know you got a lot of moms here, right? That are listeners.
0: Mm-hmm. So like
1: a great example is, moms don't have a ton of time, they're busy, they're like working, they're taking care of kids, like they're doing all these things. And so something that can seem non related, but is related to them, like prioritizing their health is like getting a house cleaner, right? So Mm -hmm. if they have this goal of I want to work on my health, or I want to do more cooking at home, okay, well, what resources or support would you need? They need more time. So where do you get more time? What can we implement to give you more time? And if you had a house cleaner, come once a week, that would free up probably four to six hours of your time every Saturday or whatever day you spend cleaning the house where now you can prioritize yourself, you know?
0: hmm I love that. Yes. All of the, whatever you can hire out, do that. It's such yes. a great investment. We did that. We have someone that comes in once a month and does the deep clean. So I can just focus on like the surface clean. hmm Huge. Like it not only, one, keeps my house clean and my tub whiter than I can get it, but two, it, it feels so like supportive and it mm-hmm. feels like an investment in myself and my family because then, you know, I'm doing something, I'm not doing something that I hate doing, but I'm also doing something that feels really good and that I can see the return on that investment by the time that I get to invest in my family and my business. So exactly, I love that. Well, there's, I have one more question for you before we wrap up because time just flies on these episodes. It's crazy. It's so much fun. (laughs) Um, One of the things that is really coming to light is the connection between the brain and the gut and how critical this relationship is. But it's not something that there is a ton of solid research on just yet because it's so new. Right, The whole microbiome world is still a little bit unknown, but I'm really curious what what your thoughts are, and this is a really broad question and I apologize for that, but what's your take on the brain and gut connection as far as it relates to holistic health?
1: Yeah. I mean, they call the gut right now, like the gut, you'll hear this out there that the gut is the second brain. And I think that we're moving to a state like what what the research is telling us where well, we're going to be calling the gut, the first brain mm. very shortly. Um, mm. It's fascinating how, you know, there's different, I've had mentors of mine, you know, talk about how like, we're really a vessel for other organisms. Essentially, if you look at the number of bacteria, that reside in us, like the organisms, the complexity of the body. It's like, we're just one big, huge moving ecosystem. Like each body is its own ecosystem in a sense. And so gut health is actually one of the number one places that I focus on with most people. And it is so fascinating that when we improve gut health, it just stems outwards, like healing from the inside out where the brain fog goes away. They have, um, they're able to think more creatively, like they're more productive. Not only that, but they also lose weight and their hormones get in balance and the skin issues go away and the allergies go away and the sickness, like whatever it is all goes away. What's so interesting is that we're also finding out too like there's so much research that's coming out now that or that's becoming more um, i guess well known or mainstream in a sense maybe it's just my world at this point in time but you know we're talking about how trauma plays a role in that gut brain health and what they've what some recent research has showed us is like any type of childhood trauma can decrease vagal nerve function by i think they're saying like up to 30% and the vagal mm-hmm. nerve is the main highway that connects the gut and the brain. And childhood trauma could be something as simple as a divorce. And I say simple because divorce is so common these days, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a child of a divorce, like most people you know of, like divorced parents. And so it's just super common. And like, not every divorce is, you know, fist fights and trauma, but just going through a divorce and having that separation can be traumatic and it can have a significant impact on the future of your gut health because of that decline and that impact that it has on vagal nerve function and so when the gut and the brain aren't talking it's like impossible for you to live your best life Mm -hmm. and so there's it's so important there are two key components of what makes the whole entire body work right And so we have to focus on both of those things. And there's actually some really simple things that you can do to strengthen the vagal nerve and to heal your gut. I love um, Dr. Karazian is somebody that I follow his work and he has this great book called Why Isn't My Brain Working? And he talks in there about strengthening the vagal nerve. And there's three easy things that you can do to strengthen the vagal nerve and the communication between the brain and the gut. And one of them is singing out loud. And what woman doesn't love to like sing at the top of her lungs or song in the car um, after like a hard day of work or picking up, you know, dropping the kids off to like wherever they were going and you're feeling like stressed out. Sometimes it just feels really great to like sing it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and gargling. So this is like easy that you can do at nighttime, like after brushing your teeth or I do it in the morning time after oil pulling is just gargling for as long as you can like you want to think of it like a marathon like see how long you can go doing it and then the third one is gagging which most people don't necessarily Mm. like enjoy (laughs) um true just like use your toothbrush and like and uh elicit a gag reflex but I would say like do the other two things you don't really need to do the gagging part of it
0: (laughs) maybe I'll stick with uh singing Adele in the car I'll stick Mm -hmm. with that (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
1: And then, you know, things like um, deep breathing help to improve gut function and digestion, eating an anti inflammatory diet would probably be another one of my recommendations for that. And then also making sure that you're getting really good quality sleep during the critical times of like, you know, say like the window is like from 10pm to definitely 2am, you want to be sleeping during that time. And then like a good eight hour stint would be like 10 to six. So those are all things that support gut health like long term. Mm-hmm. So then you have just better gut brain mm-hmm. communication. And again, like some pretty simple things that you can just implement into your routine.
0: I love, love, love all of this. It's so good. And I didn't know that about the singing and the gargling, and we'll just leave out the gagging, but I didn't know that. So that is that's awesome. I have a friend who was on the show who does orthobiotomy, and she was talking about the vagal nerve and trauma. So it's really interesting to hear that come up again. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. thank you for for sharing that. And I love these tips. That's great. Um, So hopefully everybody wrote those down because (laughs) those are awesome. But if not, I'll definitely um, put some links to find you. So where can people find you online?
1: Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Holistic Health Boss. That's my handle. And it holistic is with a W just like whole body or whole foods. Um, Or they can go to holistichealthboss.com. Like I mentioned, I have that webinar recording that they can check out the uh, why typical blood tests don't tell you squat and what you should be running instead and a bunch of other free resources and stuff that they can dive into on there too.
0: You have a ton and I love your blog too, which has a ton of information and then videos too. So if you're a visual learner, head over to Holistic Health Boss because you're going to want to read through all of these. I'm like on page seven. I think of all of your blogs and I love it.
1: Awesome. I love it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to share this information with your listeners.